today on the Tearsheet Podcast. Uh, our character, uh, it's actual a, a person. Uh, it's a woman named Kim. Mm -hmm. uh, and she basically uh, is very relatable as a character like all of us, where we, you know, we sometimes make mistakes around finance. We sometimes need help. Uh, we sometimes just need encouragement. So it's really more of a, a voice that's codified that's more practical around what people generally daily do around their money and their habits and, and some of the, the things they do right and wrong, but always in a very judgment-free way. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Zach Miller. There are a lot of personal finance apps out there, and yet many people still feel shut out from being able to have a conversation about their finances. Maybe the apps are too heavy, too complicated, or just the language is different than how people talk in real life. Scott Grimes addresses all of this with Stackin. Stackin's CEO and co-founder built a personal finance app which lets people save and invest, and it's entirely text message based. So not only is there not a complicated app people need to learn, there's no app. He and his team built this for the average American who wants this level of simplicity and guidance around their finances, and it needs to be judgment-free. Stackin is well on its way to a million users and has sent over 70 million text messages over the past year. Scott joins us on the podcast to talk about the app and how Stackin tries to establish a relationship based on trust and fun. More fintech apps are adopting a conversational interface, and we discuss the benefits in doing that for UX. Scott shares some of his product roadmap as well. Scott Grimes is my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast. Before we jump into the podcast, I wanted to introduce you to Outlier, Tearsheet's leading membership program. It's designed for top fintech and financial services professionals to stay on top daily of the biggest trends, the top companies, and the leaders of this next generation of finance. Get industry briefings by experts like the ones we're doing this January on best practices in PR and customer acquisition. Find out more at Tearsheet.co slash outlier. My name is Scott Grimes. I'm the co-founder and CEO at Stackin, and we try to create the simplest entry point into finance. That is kind of our goal and mission. And where did the idea come from? What's your background? How did it lead to sort of building Stackin? I had a previous company to stack in that sold to Warner Music a few mm -hmm. years back, uh, Uprox Media, which I served as CEO and founder for many years. So more of a content digital media company. So definitely ended up in fintech a little backwards, not a traditional banking uh, background by nature, but uh, was always a big fan of the, the finance space and fintech in general. Uh, got interested in, in this specific idea. Uh, I grew up in uh, Central Texas uh, in an area that didn't have uh, a lot of wealth, uh, didn't have a ton of access, especially people in the town, to kind of financial resources, advisors, definitely information that was relevant um, to that community. And, and just saw over time that there was just this large lack of uh, just awareness amongst most people about finance, personal finance, financial planning. And it wasn't because people weren't smart. It wasn't because people didn't have interest. They just didn't have a connection point that was very relevant to their lives. And as I got older and, and, and moved in LA or San Francisco or New York, there was clearly a very different experience that some people had around finance when they had more access and ultimately more relevance to their financial lives. And so I think at the beginning of Stacking, the goal was, you know, could we create this cultural connection point where we could get people uh, in mass, uh, specifically more in the middle of the country, uh, to start paying attention to finance, but in a way that was more approachable uh, that made people feel good around money, but ultimately let them take action because we always say at Stackin, if you don't take action around your finances, nothing will change. And uh, that's really the goal for us is can we make it simple to get started? Can we make it judgment free? Can we make it in a way that most people, you know, we specifically target a, a little bit of a younger audience, sub 45, 
Um, but a way everybody can access it. Sometimes finance is not accessible to everybody or it doesn't feel that way. Uh, FinTech's done a great job of breaking some of those barriers. Uh, but I think we're just trying to do that from a communication relationship standpoint first, um, really trying to get to know people, uh, using lots of data to try to help predict at some point, but ultimately really establishing a relationship of trust, uh, of fun, of understanding, and again, kind of the opposite of what I experienced growing up, which is a lack of access and just providing that access point uh, and a more curated experience. Very interesting. And so, I mean, obviously there's no dearth of personal finance apps. They've been, you know, one of the first sort of, you know, apps that kind of showed up on the market. So I, I guess what I, my question to you is where you felt as a whole, um, they sort of failed, I guess, users. I don't think they failed at all. I just think it's the way that people are approached and how you ultimately get people into your ecosystem. So for us, uh, again, we're we're 100% text-based. So we built a messaging platform on Twilio and uh, all of our communication originates via SMS. So that is generally a bit of a different entry point mm -hmm. uh, in that the way that we communicate is directly in a messaging environment and your text environment. Um, and we tend to be a little bit more guided by nature as opposed to conversational. Um, so the approach is different. Um, the way that we've codified kind of the voice behind Stackin, and uh, you know, we've sent almost 70 million text messages to date over the last year. Um, so we've we've gotten pretty good at understanding um, the approach and and the, the what language what is around. that voice and language? So you mentioned it's it's guidance more than um, conversational. Yeah, it's really just uh, it's more relational, right? It, it's it, it's a tone and voice that is approachable uh, by nature, so it, it lets people feel like they're not being judged around their finances. Uh, our character, uh, it's actual a, a person. Uh, it's a woman named Kim, uh, mm -hmm. and she basically uh, is very relatable as a character, like all of us, where we you know we sometimes make mistakes around finance. We sometimes need help. Uh, we sometimes just need encouragement. So it's really more of a, a voice that's codified, that's more practical around what people generally daily do around their money and their habits and, and some of the, the things they do right and wrong, but always in a very judgment-free way. Also in a tone and voice that, that people speak in, the lexicon, the nature and the words people use. A lot of times around finance, even specific words don't mean things to most people that might seem very obvious, um, especially like, to most of us. Like overly technical, technical words or something? Yeah, it's not even overly yeah. technical. I mean, we, we look at things like even using the word interest as opposed to grow mm -hmm. your money. Mm -hmm. um, people respond very differently to those. They mean the same thing, but people respond vastly differently uh, to that if you look over lots of data. So yeah, there's just definitely a tone and voice that is, um, that is needed to get people to react, to engage. And, and that's really what we try to do once you get into our ecosystem, sign up for our messaging platform. Uh, we really try to get you to start um, participating, engaging, and ultimately taking action. And there's a, there's a lot of science that goes behind that. Um, so can, can we, let's just, I just want to take one step back. Like, so how do you get people onto the platform? Where, where do they hear about Stackin? How are they finding you? And how do you onboard them? It's a great question. Again, kind of with my background uh, with a lot of content in the past, uh, mm -hmm. that's really where we start the relationship. We, we began the company uh, programming lots of content within social, uh, Snap, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, um, lots of all video for the most part. So purely video by nature. Uh, if you kind of check out one of the videos, they're very irreverent and different. They're not like any other finance video you'll probably ever watch. Awesome. Uh, but we like that, right? It's, we mm -hmm. talk about topics and engage in topics around what people are truly interested in, uh, in life and try to bring that cultural connection point that they may have and bring finance into that cultural connection point. And I think that's really 
what's different about the brand, even the name stack in and, and, you know, just everything that we've kind of built. Uh, we try to make it feel agnostic. We where you can, you know, everybody's approachable. Um, we try to create a diverse environment of hosts. We try to uh, make it fun and ultimately just make it disarming. And so everything you watch from our videos uh, generally has some sort of knowledge in there. We're, we're trying to help you understand or learn something. Um, but ultimately, we just want you to be a fan of the brand, interact, and then, you know, once you uh, kind of engage with our brand, kind of go deeper down our funnel and, and ultimately into our messaging platform where we can have a more one-to-one -one relationship with our end user and then help guide, you know, kind of to, to other touch points within their life. But it all starts with social for us. We have lots, I think almost half a million social followers in total. Um, and yeah, and that's really where we identify the brand at first, built the brand, continue to expand there. Um, but that's generally where most of our audience comes is from the major social networks and video platforms. Okay, so I'm, I'm watching a, a stack in video. Um, what's the call to action? And I guess what, is, what are the next um, activities you, you're looking for for me as a user to get me on board? Really, it's just engagement, right? Uh, we, we started the entire, we realized quickly um, when we began to program socially that there was just this huge need amongst uh, most Americans to, to really need a different touch point. Like most people just don't have a connection point to finance. Uh, and for us, we just wanted to make it really simple for an end user to start getting more knowledge around their personal financial lives and ultimately just in general about, you know, personal finance. And yeah, for us at that first point, an interaction almost always occurs with, you know, watching a video or seeing some piece of content that Stackin has produced. Uh, and from there, what, what we figured out quickly was that most people were engaging, liking, commenting, really creating, you know, just some sort of engagement within a social ecosystem. And that's actually what prompted us after a bit of time to, to build our messaging platform and begin the kind of the onboarding of SMS um, was the fact that we had so many users reach out directly, whether that was through um, Facebook Messenger or whether that's through email, letting us know that they just needed, you know, more conversation around their financial lives and they wanted Stacking to be that touch point. Uh, that's ultimately how we ended up building our messaging platform. And to date, I think we have over 600,000 active users on our messaging platform after the first about 18 months. So there was just this large need of people who, you know, who, who reached out socially, uh, who said, hey, we, need a, we don't have a relationship, we need a relationship, uh, or we want a deeper relationship with Stacken, and, and that's kind of how we ended up um, with the, the model you see today. So I, I guess I, I didn't ask the question very specifically. That you did answer part of it. I, I want to know, um, basically from the time that I'm convinced, you know, you, you've, you messaged me, I, I like the vibe, I want to I get involved in Stacken. The call to action, you're driving me to the website, to a landing page, or, or am I just interacting with um, like the Facebook Messenger there? No, we get you to, we get your phone number, your okay. email, and your name. And then from there, we, you begin a text program. So okay. it's all okay. SMS-based, and you ultimately are, again, we have your phone number, so it's all based off SMS. Um, from there, we have uh, a mobile web application. We have chatbots. We have all kinds of things that we have you interact with off of SMS if we need to go deeper with you as a user. Um, but our touch point is two to three times a week. Uh, you sign up for a, tech, a guided text program. That program is based off of your interests. So we know a lot about your interests as you come into our platform. Uh, and then from there, you're, you're you know, a user for as long as you want. Most of our users on average at this point are going to be three years plus in terms of uh, the average length of a user within our platform. Um, and yeah, and that's, that's how you get onboarded. So it's basically all within the SMS and then and all within a mobile app after that. That's great. Thank you. Um, so w once I'm in and once I'm in that guided program, like what kind of messaging am I getting? What's the functionality that, you know, stacking, what's the advice that stacking is sort of reaching out to me with? 
Yeah. So right now it's more built on kind of segmentation on your interest. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's based on investing or maybe savings or debt. So it's more segment based off of who our user is, where they're coming from, and ultimately um, what they're interested in. It evolves over time as it gets to know more about you. Uh, as we build the company, again, we've only been around two and a half years and our messaging platform is more nascent than that. Uh, we will ultimately build in more personalization as we uh, acquire more data. Uh, we'll, we're right now starting to connect people's entire financial lives, a small portion, but through Stackin. But obviously, the more information and data we have, the more personalized we can make the experience. So the goal is for a portion of our audience who, who need or want um, a deeper uh, conversation, that will be longer term. The goal is to, to make it very personalized based on you. Uh, right now, it's still very segmented, again, based on your interest and uh, just really trying to get people who are, again, maybe they're interested in learning how to start investing or they want to just get more information. Um, we provide that, you know, the first 30 days is generally based off of whatever that interest is for that time period. And then it evolves into once we get some more information into some other topic or information. And within that, we partner, uh, which we can get into next uh, as well. We partner, we curate a marketplace uh, where we really try to um, work with companies, products that ultimately help our end users save money or make money as the ultimate goal. And but ultimately keep them away from predatory or pernicious um, type products that finance sometimes can uh, be notoriously known for. Uh, But ultimately we're trying to keep an experience with our users that's fun, interesting, but ultimately we want them to take action. We want them to um, save money um, on banking. Can you give some examples of of the types of companies in the marketplace? Sure. We've, we've worked with everybody from Avaro to Chime to Bankrate and even um, we have direct relationships with Radius. Uh, Right now we mainly work within uh, traditional banking, high yield savings uh, is our current categories. We'll be expanding a little bit in investing, but we're opening our investing marketplace here uh, in about two weeks. Uh, we'll jump to the credit marketplace later, probably mid this year, as well as insurance. So credit cards, uh, loans, and then ultimately insurance. But right now we specialize mainly in, like I said, high yield savings uh, and more traditional bank accounts, um, but a lot of neobanks and then also a lot of, you know, Amex, Discover, mm-hmm. um, a few others on the kind of high yield savings side. I'm curious also, like, you know, the UI is so simple um, and so um, non-distracting. I, I'm curious from a product development point of view, do you, do you get at least hearing from your customers that they want, you know, more of a UI? Like, is there pressure to like kind of move away from just text? I mean, how, how does that um, play out? Yeah, that's a great question. No, I, I, the simplicity ultimately is what makes it work. Funny enough, I mean, that's really for You have us, to like fight just, against the feature creep, right? Like you have to keep, yeah. the, keep the simplicity. Exactly. We've built some stacking branded products. So we have a stacking branded front end bank account where we do partner with Radius and we have a lightweight investing option and everything that we build, um, it's built for simplicity because again, most people don't, they don't, there's not a lot of intrinsic knowledge around specific topics when they come in. And all we want to do is get people to engage, feel comfortable uh, and ultimately, you know, take action as a result of that. So the entire user experience, and again, there's a lot of technology on the back end to make it very simple. Uh, when you're messaging people, you know, hundreds of thousands of people a day, um, uh, various messages and driving lots of data from that, uh, there's a lot of complexities behind that. Uh, but yeah, the goal is to, from a, from a user experience, to make it simple, make it clean, make it easy, 
um, and ultimately just kind of be uh, in the background of your life. So not every message we send is intended for you to go do something. It's not meant to, to spam you with an offer every single time that um, a text goes out. It's really built to, you know, two to three times a week to remind you uh, to, to get you to, from a cultural standpoint, pay attention to something, sometimes just to make you laugh or think about something. Sometimes it's silly. Sometimes it's, it's, then it's, you know, if we have an offer, we think something makes sense for your life. Um, we'll, we'll, you know, put you something in front of you. We think makes sense for you. So, but yeah, that's the ultimate experience is to, to make it easy, make it simple. Again, we call it the simplest entry point to finance. Uh, we don't need you to connect your bank account right up front. We don't need your social security right up front. We don't need your mother's maiden name. Uh, we like to collect data over time. Uh, the more information we get over time, the more personalized we tend to make it. Uh, but up front, it's, we just sort of like it a long, really simple. It's sort of like a long drawn out, um, like onboarding process, right? Or that, that is the exact or, point of it. Uh -huh. we, people lose one lose question so at a time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you lose so many people up front when you make it difficult to get in. So what we've, you know, what we've seen is. Um, you know, so many people are lost in the onboarding process when a lot of information is required right up front. And for us, we are uh, able to start a relationship, which is what people need up front, mm -hmm. establish that trust, establish that relationship. And then people are much more prone over time to give you uh, larger quantities of information to help guide them. And, and for us, that creates a, a business economics that work very well uh, in terms of how our users come in, uh, the onboarding process, the cost of that onboarding process. And then ultimately the value derived from a long, much longer term relationship. And, you know, so much of, of finance is driven by customer acquisition costs. Um, mm -hmm. You know, a lot of decisions are made simply because the costs are very high uh, for most uh, companies to acquire customers, for them to get them into products, uh, to upsell to other products. Uh, and that's really where we kind of approach it differently. We try to, our customer acquisition costs is extraordinarily low. Uh, we try to make it very simple to begin the relationship. And then over time, like I said, deepen that relationship um, with more data engagement uh, and ultimately personalization. Uh, but again, we just approach it very differently in terms of the relationship with the customer. And ultimately, uh, because uh, we don't have an intrinsic need to, with a very high customer acquisition cost to get users to take something instantly or to do something instantly, um, it really allows us to get to know our users allows us to establish more of a relationship and know that whether you might need something on day one or you might need something on day 200, um, there isn't that ever-present need um, to kind of pay back that CAC in an instant amount of time and drive, you know, drive user behavior because of that. Interesting. And so um, I have, we have time for one last question. I want to ask a little more personal question. Um, you know, you're an experienced entrepreneur in a different field. Um, you decided to make the plunge into FinTech. Um, I guess, is there something that you know today that you wish you would have known, you know, a few years ago when you started this? That's a good question. Uh, I, that's a great question. I would mean, actually have to think about that a little bit more. Was FinTech even, harder I, or easier than you expected? I mean, I, I'm trying to get a flavor for, I guess, the, you know, the different, the, the, the persp your perspective on different industry. But it's very different in terms of the, the way we monetize. Uh, it's not very different from human behavior standpoint and the mm -hmm. way that we get people to engage and interact and ultimately take action like that. That is very similar. Um, you know, obviously it's been great. It's a learning curve always. There's, there's some benefits from jumping into an industry where you don't have a long history and background. Um, and then there's, there's obviously challenges because you need to surround yourself with, with, you know, individuals who, 
who do have much more of that expertise. We have a, a great CTO and president whose entire life is built in this. So that is helpful on the offset. But uh, ultimately, I think there's a lot of advantages to, to not to not knowing too much. And then there's plenty of disadvantages for mistakes being made that you maybe could have not made had you had a little bit more intrinsic knowledge of the space. The way we tackle it again is, is you know, our my, my old company was mainly driven through content and, um, and people, and this is mainly driven through engineers, data and automation. Mm-hmm. Um, so they couldn't be more different in a lot of ways, but the way that we interact and the way that we communicate and ultimately, um, what we're doing is very similar in that we, you know, we kind of use entertainment and engagement to get people to pay attention. But ultimately, instead of paying attention to things that we find are a bit more benign in life, entertaining for sure, whether that's movies or music or sports, uh, we try to get people to pay attention uh, to things that can ultimately, you know, be a bit more impactful for their daily lives and finance, your health. You know, there are certain areas that if you can improve upon those things, uh, and you can help people do that in a much broader spectrum at scale tends to create more of a social impact and value. And I, I think that's, you know, for me personally, it's been uh, a great experience and a great part of this has just been able to, you know, again, we're, we're getting close to a million people here soon who we, you know, we're their primary point of, of financial information, guidance and help. And, uh, and a lot of these individuals, uh, it's, I feel like we're, you know, a positive impact because we can ultimately help them save money, make money, but sometimes just have a relationship that didn't exist before. That's great. Um, and I lied about it being the last question. I have one small question. You mentioned um, later on this year, um, you're going to introduce a credit marketplace. Any other thing you can share with us about sort of where you're headed in 2020? Yeah, so we uh, Experian led our last round of funding. Uh, and, and as our partnership has grown, mm-hmm. um, we wanted to, credit is an important marketplace for us we didn't want to start in credit because there's a lot more intricacies uh, around that specific marketplace um but it obviously from credit karma and nerd wallet uh have done both done phenomenal jobs of creating you know amazing credit marketplaces uh we want to basically follow in the same footsteps we have within banking and high yield savings Uh, we want to have a very curated marketplace uh where we can give our users great options uh of, of credit products that make sense but that are not pernicious and also, if, if they need credit building help, too, it's not just about the credit side of taking credit or loans. It's also if you need help building credit, we want to be there to help you do that as well, because a lot of our users are younger uh, and, and need help on the credit building side as well. Um, that's a big new kind of introduction that we'll, we'll roll out soon. Uh, personalization, too. We've got a new product coming out uh, in the next six months that'll be a very personalized version. So as you as I spoke about earlier. Um, instead of being segmented based on your interest, it'll really be more of a one-to-one experience uh, via messaging, uh, and sometimes chatbots as well, uh, that helps you more personally guide you uh, if we have enough information up front. So that'll be a, a definite new feature um, that'll feel a lot different than the current experience you get, but ultimately will just result in um, a more personalized experience to help get you to the products you need when you need it. Scott, thank you for joining us on the Tershi podcast today. Thanks, I appreciate it.